Welcome to episode 21 of Dead Letter Radio. I'm your host as always, Taze, and this is the podcast with the slogan, Your Words, Your Podcast, where we feature your poetry, your writing, your letters, anything you really scribble down that you want to share with us and have it shared as an audience. You present the words, we give it a platform, and we give it a voice for you. So it's a great way to have your work shared either anonymously or uh, by another means and really get it out there in the world. So I'm hoping that all of you who are tuned in uh, for this episode this week have had a phenomenal week. Um, But I do want to take some time. uh, This episode, there's no announcements this time, which I think is kind of relaxing a bit, where we can just talk. If we're going to meet like this every week, then why not? take a few moments aside to just uh, discuss a little bit things uh, about things, about how things are going. Yes, this podcast is really focused on you guys, as you are the star of every episode with your writing, but I feel like, hey, if we're going to be here, if I'm going to read it, uh, why not share a little personal one-on-one time, if you will. So, But I'll be brief. So as I said, hope you guys' week has been amazing, um, but... There's a good chance that not everyone's week has been amazing. Uh, For me, my week, uh, I would describe it as you ever get that feeling that you're constantly having to go forward or maybe because you always have something to do or maybe there's been something you've been trying to tackle and you're getting the ball rolling, you're picking up steam, picking up steam, and as stressful as it may be, you're getting it done. Um, And... You think that it's all going to pay off, and then, uh, bam, you hit that wall. And you come to a dead stop. And that shock from going full speed ahead to now being motionless stuns you. I guess that's, as I said, how I would describe uh, my week uh, so far. But what do you do in that case? I was trying to think, what would I do? I mean, there was definitely... Afterwards, I took uh, time, <laughs> you know, to say the least, and just kind of stewed in uh, my own uh, mire about the whole uh, my whole situation. And there's a lot of different aspects to it and such. But from my my testament to it, or I should say, uh, my sentiment to this idea and this feeling, it reminded me of. The poem, uh, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night by Dylan Thomas. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the last two lines I'd like to share, and maybe hopefully if you are going through something similar, or maybe it's just a crappy week in general for you, or as reality may be, maybe it's been a very, very long, crappy week, crappy month, crappy year. And so hopefully these words motivate you a little bit. The last two lines of uh, his poem, Dylan Thomas's poem, states, Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. So keep on raging. Do not go gentle into that good night. If there's one fact of life that we can agree on in some capacity is that we are born, we live, and 
varying beliefs, what have you, in some capacity, we die. And so, if we all know that eventually we die, whether our life is going well, or if it's going bad, or if we're in a low point, even, or maybe we never felt like we really hit the high points yet, to me at least, and you can apply this however you want, yeah, there's two options. You either overcome in some way, and in whatever way that means to you, uh, which can mean taking a break, taking a step back, changing the situation, leaving the situation, and starting over. It can mean a lot of different things, but overcoming those hurdles in whatever way is most appropriate for yourself. Or do nothing. But at the end of the day, the time will come where the night finds you and you find yourself in the ground. So I implore you uh, to, do, to do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Keep fighting to live your life to the fullest. Uh, as long as you're not hurting other people doing so, obviously. Um, fight for that happiness of yours. Uh, fight with yourself a lot of times. Cause a lot of times that is the biggest battle. To find that motivation to keep on going. Uh, to forge a life and existence that you are happy with uh, that is healthy for you um, that is healthy for the ones you care about not every day is going to be a situation you enjoy but every day would be an opportunity to make the situation yours to make your situation as ideal as possible and some days will be a step forward to those goals some days would be a step back but you're on a limited time scale so do what you can uh, to enjoy life, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So I thought I would just share that, and hopefully it came comes across the right way, and you guys find it motivational, uh, at least I do, um, when I read this poem, and maybe not a long-winded intro. And so I won't keep any more of your time so we can get started in this episode, um, but as always, in parts of the habit of the show. Tomorrow, this episode releases on April uh, 25th, and I do say tomorrow because I have recorded this one a little bit late. It is early morning, I think. Uh, as I said, the week's been hectic, um, but it releases on April 25th. Uh, on April, it's going to be 58 degrees of sea high Fahrenheit with a 74% chance of rain in the afternoons. So a rainy day, take the time to maybe get some indoor chores done, um, blast some music while you do so, make it something you enjoy, or cuddle up with a movie, and make it the day your own. So, to get started, this episode we will begin by reading a poem by Saber Iglesias titled, The Leaf. A rotting old leaf, alone on the floor, recalls with regret the days of yore. A bright, vibrant leaf it was in the past, but vigor and youth are not known to last. The leaf noticed that, now that it was old, its once lively green had turned crimson and gold. It shone in the sun unlike any young leaf, and with this its sorrow turned into relief. 
Thank you, Iglesias, uh, Saber Iglesias, for sharing this poem, which I think is a good reminder of sometimes things that we need to hear. An inevitable part of life, once again, is change. It's especially aging. Um, and this poem to me can also be uh, applied to things outside of changing and, uh, I mean, of aging specifically. Sometimes we find ourselves in new situations, new um, scenarios, new, new friends, new work, and we can feel like we stand out like a sore thumb. We may view it as negative, but to others, maybe we are that crimson and gold. Uh, maybe we show brilliantly, brilliantly in our own unique fashion that we are unlike any other leaf. And when it comes to aging, uh, we're going to get to a lot of different topics in this episode, um, but the script of this uh, poem reminded me of uh, a verse in the Bible that says, uh, Gray-headedness is a crown of beauty. And so, as we grow older and with age, and one of the biggest things and the most valuable things is experience, and hopefully with that is wisdom. And that is the badge uh, that we wear as maybe our hair grows uh, a bit uh, grayer, or add some salt and pepper, and then uh, there's another way we become that crimson and gold, unlike any young leaf. With that experience, wisdom, and our own u- uniqueness, we are unlike any other person. So thank you, Saber, for sharing this poem. The next one is by James Riley, and it is titled. My friend read Peter Zapf, and it really got him down. I'm always glad to get a call from you. It invariably means that I'm about to feel less pathetic by comparison. Willing slaves to paleolithic urges, malignantly useless, we grasp our eager victims by the throat. Dressing up in narratives of revenge, what we both know to be simple, carnal pursuit. No more, no less. No grand design, no plan, no wonder cure. Just probing around for an open bed until we find an open patch of dirt. You'll never get any with that attitude. Perhaps you're right, but when I sleep alone, at least I'll have an excuse. So thank you, James, for sharing uh, this poem with us. I have a few quotes and things I want to discuss as I had to do little research to get the full understanding. One, looking into Peter Zapf. Uh, but James says that the title is a reference to an extremely pessimistic Norwegian philosopher, while the poem itself explores similar ideas. Now looking further into it and who Peter Zapf was, he was born in 1899, uh, and his viewpoint of philosophy was that the human craving for justification on matters such as life and death cannot be satisfied. Hence, humanity has a need that nature cannot satisfy. It goes on in another Wikipedia article to say that our frailness and insignificance in the cosmos are visible to us. We want to live, and yet we are the only species whose members are conscious that they are destined to die. It's bleak. <laughs> And yes, um, 
even though this is a very heavy philosoph- uh, topic on philosophy, and this is not a philosophy podcast, I thought that, James, this is a really interesting and powerful poem in the sense that when I was reading it, I think that sometimes you read it and you put yourself in the narrator's shoes. Uh, to me, me and the narrator are completely separate in this one, but in a really good way. When I read this poem, the narrator is as clear as the person next to me. And maybe we have, we can think of a friend too that maybe learns something new and it kind of suddenly molds them and their world viewpoint for a set period of time. And reading this one, well, yes, the title says that it, it gets the friend down, uh, gets the narrator into a more sobering state and viewpoint about life, even though in a sarcastic tone, to me, it also the narrator also kind of comes off as a bit of a pretentious jerk, so slightly, and that and that just I think is a testament to how the poem so strongly conveys conveys that uh, the speech of the narrator that they've learned this new vo- uh, viewpoint and maybe come off as a little haughty, uh, but sobering as well that everything in life is pointless. That we dress it up, but at the end of the day, it's just carnal pursuit. That we're just looking for open beds, and then uh, until the day we die. That there's, as it says, no grand design, no plan, no wonder here. And as the narrator's friend brings up that, uh, that they will never get any with that attitude, the narrator acknowledges that at least they can use this as an excuse. So I think it's a really fun, unique take on a poem which also caused me to learn about a new uh, person from history. So thank you for sharing. This is a poem uh, by Jink. There is no title, so you can get right into it. Oh, pale sky, it looked so bleak when you took all of my words and turned them back on me. Oh, pale sky, you haunt me to this day. Do you even know my indecision? my dismay. Oh, pale sky, you stayed after dark. I still look over my shoulder when I'm walking through the park. Oh, pale sky, you beckon and you push. I fell into the table leg. You don't know what you took. So thank you, Jink, for sharing this poem and your words with us. Now, this uh, poem specifically as I was reading it and painting my own mental image and what it makes me feel personally, how encompassing the sky is. It seems obvious when I guess when I say it out loud, but to us, the sky is endless. It completely wraps our world. And there's those times where our problems can seem endless, can keep completely wrap our own personal world. It hangs over us. As he, as Jink brings out, it looks so bleak uh, it, that it haunts us to this day. It stays with us after dark. It beckons and it pushes us. And it makes us reflect on things, how our words were turned back on us our own indecision, uh, our uncertainty, and our fear, looking over our shoulder, our pain, uh, falling and tripping. To me, this poem just speaks to 
that overwhelming, dreadful hanging of our problems, our problems casting that shadow that, just like the sky, seems to be endless and keep and completely enveloping, affecting every part of our life, staying with us through night and day. And so, Jink, at least to me, this poem really well uh, paints that and uh, forges that idea into a short uh, piece that captures that anxiety, that weightiness that sometimes our own problems cause, whether in this poem, if you read it yourself, maybe the sky is a specific person, maybe it's a specific event. But I think all of us, in one case or not, have had to face our own pale sky. This next poem is by C.G., and it is titled, The Girl with Eyes Like Candlelight. The girl with eyes like candlelight, you know the kind, a brilliant deep orange-brown, the kind that make you lose yourself, the kind that leave you speechless, the kind that singe. Always starts so innocent, a stolen glance here, a knowing smile there, all of a sudden she blinks, and you're left in her ashes burnt. That's what happens when you play with fire. So take caution and beware of the girl with eyes like candlelight. Thank you, C.G., uh, for submitting this poem and sharing your words with us. This one is interesting to me uh, because it encapsulates that idea and that feeling of consuming love, in my opinion. At least, and this is how I interpreted uh, your word, CJ. Where you meet that person, and it could be, as you put it, a stolen glance here, a knowing smile there, and then all of a sudden, you're left in the devastation of what I would consider the devastation of love and romance. You're burnt into ashes, you are consumed. And now, whether you guys have developed a relationship, or maybe if you're a bit younger, it's uh, just a heavy, weighty crush, uh, it changes everything. As CJ puts in their words, it can feel like you were turned into ashes, burnt, singed forever changed. And so that consuming love is always an interesting thing because I think in always various degrees we go through it. Um, there's unrequited love. There's uh, when you're in a relationship with someone it can be also all-consuming. And that, uh, as CJ puts it, the kind that you can lose yourself into as well. And I just think that this poem is another fun way to look at that, that angle, the different aspects and lights of romance and love and passion on how it can be devastating or devastatingly beautiful. It can be uh, so enveloping and rapturing, or it can be so deadly. And it could be the girl with eyes like candlelight, the guy with eyes like candlelight, 
but just how such a powerful force can come from uh, so many small things just adding up and as a person we can be so fundamentally changed so thank you cg for sharing your words the next poem is by blasphemous and you can find them on instagram and it is titled salt water cocktail I ordered a cocktail after a long day of crying, and it was saltier than all of my tears together. But to hell with it, I said, and drank it while trying to forget how endless sunshine turned to the stormiest weather. A sea of self-doubt flooded from down below, engulfing my feet, lifting me up and making me float. No more bar in sight. Just waves as far as I can throw, my questioning gaze, I can't find neither land, neither a glimpse of a boat. Face up to the sky, my body lays uncomfortably still, waves carry me southbound to the land of free. Pecks from Baudelaire's albatross are all that I feel, and my fading eyes with the midnight sun start to agree. Scornful at my own shortcomings, tears burn channels on my cheeks, and fizzle when touching the water that drowned my dreams. Steam washes the night off my face and scares away the beaks, and the ocean turns to tiny, lovely, homesick streams. A glass sprinkled with salt and a chunk of change stick out, as the last of my memories before my vision blurred and swayed, now glow in the dark, covered in foam, my blue eyes call the doubt, and carve my way back home with a tempered moonlit blade. Drunk with my own grand plans and desires, I stumble and trip down the busy memory lane, and deep inside my heart lights up the fires that burn with the passion I gained since I was exiled like Cain. Thank you, Blasphemous, for sharing your words and poem with this podcast. This one, there's so many different ways to look at it in terms of what it means to you. I think you can't, or I should say it like this, I think most people can say that they've been in a similar circumstance as the narrator, as being so deep in your troubles of, as the opening line brings out, that the narrator already had a long day of crying and they're still wallowing and still submerged in their uh, sadness. And just seeing how and reflecting on how life can change and from something so great to something so terrible and it can make you feel like you are lost at sea because of your own self-doubt because of your own self-hatred and loathing uh, being angry at your mistakes your failures the things that you lack and after all the crying and uh burning resentment that you could have for your situation and feeling completely stranded that sea of self-doubt 
can make you homesick, can make you longing uh, to be someplace else maybe, for the narrator, they're at the bar, uh, and now after sitting and stewing in their own uh, pain, they want to just return home, but for you maybe it's returning to a previous situation, previous state of mind, you start reflecting on how things were, and maybe how things could be different. And so I really enjoyed uh, this poem because whoever you are, you can take pieces and it'll bring you back to a time in your life where you faced similar feelings and emotions. Along with that, there's two other points I really wanted to bring out that I liked a lot. was that in the poem it says that the narrators are receiving pecks from Baudelaire's uh, Albatross. And that is in reference to Give me one second, because I do a little bit of clicking on it to make sure I get it right. The poem, The Albatross, by Charles Baudelaire. And in that poem, it describes, and I encourage you definitely to read it yourself, but it, it describes uh, an albatross, which is a great seabird, landing on a ship with sailors, and how the sailors are mock the bird, how in the air, the bird is so majestic, with its great wings, but once it lands and is on land or ground, it's awkward, clumsy, uh, and receives jeers from others. And so uh, it made me think of well, how, yeah, when you put this in your poem, Blasphemous, how sometimes we can feel that way. We can reflect on how, yes, there is good qualities that we have, and there's those times where we may have soared high like that bird, but there's definitely those times where we're awkward, we're clumsy, we're out of our element, and those moments can really uh, start pecking at us, start eating away at us. The other point that I really like, too, was being drunk with my own grand plans and desires. Now, maybe I'm taking this line a little bit out of context, but to me, in one sense, you kind of have to be a drunk with your own plans and desires sometimes. As long as you're doing it responsibly, and I mean that in the sense that your own plans and desires are not hurting others, and you know, you're not causing yourself harm for trying to achieve your goals, you're doing it in a healthy way. Sometimes it does take a little bit of that um, false courage, you should say. You could say that like liquor brings you uh, in the sense that you sometimes have to take that leap to push forward, even if your uh, stomach's full of butterflies to ignore them, uh, just as if one person uh, who's drunk might think they're Superman or what have you, that are fearless. Because at the end of the day, no one else is going to achieve for you your plans and desires. And so, in this poem to me, yes, you may go through your pain, you're going to go through your isolation, your contempt for yourself, and it's going to suck. But you still have your plans, you still have your desires, you still have to light the fires in your heart, as the poem brings out. Because no one else, as I said, will accomplish those things for you. Tying it back to the beginning, you have 
to keep putting up that fight, rage, rage against the dying of the light. I know that wasn't the exact quote, but <laughs> I was uh, kind of going off the top of my head there. So thank you everyone for submitting in this week's episode. Our last few episodes have been right around the 30 minute mark, uh, so that's been kind of exciting. You know, don't worry if you preferred the ones closer to 15 minutes. I definitely, I can definitely tailor some to bring it a little bit shorter as well. I just really try wanted to keep it on the lesser end of an hour. So, so far I've been hitting that goal. But as I said, thank you for everyone who submitted such wonderful writing uh, this week. You guys have always been super great and supportive so far when it comes to sharing your words, your work, your life experiences, and just reaching out via social media. Uh, it's been really fun, really great. And I always say that, but I kind of don't, uh, don't want you guys to forget how much I appreciate it because you make this podcast possible. And then now it's for our final closing comments. I was thinking too, uh, it would be kind of fun if, you know, I do always the little weather intro to say what kind of the, the weather on release day is in my area, or at least how they predict it to be. Um, but if you want to hear weather, what that weather on release day will be in other places of the world, uh, just send them to me. Uh, you know, it could be anywhere in the world, and I think that'd be kind of just fun ways to look at uh, other parts of the globe and maybe make more a sense of a uh, unity and connection. And we're all on the same floating rock, so why not? I think it'll be kind of cool. So you can always send me what places you think you want me to uh, say the daily weather report from on my Twitter at deadlettercast, that's C-A-S-T. Along with that, if you are looking to submit your own work to be featured on this podcast, it can be anonymous, you can have a pen name, you can have your real name, you can have your social media to give credit to. I make it as easy as possible and com- as comfortable as possible. Um, for everyone who's interested in having it shared, because I know it can be intimidating at times to have your work read. Uh, so if you want to do that, you can send it to the same Twitter I mentioned, at DeadLetterCast. If you go there, you can see that I have an email listed. You can email me uh, your piece. Uh, all I ask is for your in subject line to put the date, the title, if you have one, and then how uh, you would like to be credited in the body of the paragraph, along with preferably a PDF of your piece and it can be poetry it can be a short letter a short story um you know if i say if it's a short story under 600 words so like flash fiction um it could be notes you know so anything of that nature as long as it's a piece of writing and it's your own work i'd love to consider it and if you send it in i hold it on for 60 days that way there's a good chance you'll be featured in one of the episodes and i think that's it if you ever want to check me out on other social media, um, I also have our Instagram, Dead Letter Radio, and so you can check there. I'm mainly active on Twitter, but I do hope I see some of your work, or maybe that after listening you're inspired to pick up the pen and do some writing or do some typing. I also hope that this episode was relaxing, and if you listen to it on Sunday or any day of the week, it gave you a moment of respite where you can take a breath and maybe get recentered um, by reflecting on other people's words and their experiences and maybe applying it to your own or maybe acknowledging that you are not alone in the feelings, uh, uh, either negative or positive, that you may have had. And so 
hopefully this poem, uh, excuse me, this podcast is a bright spot to your day. And as I stated, this will be the third time that keep up putting the fight, rage, rage against the dying of the light. I really quote always the last part right and not the line before it, but I think it works. So anyways, that is the episode. This was Dead Letter Radio. I am your host as always, Taze, and I'm wishing you all safe travels.